Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. I'd like to read a portion of Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. So we'd like to do that today. Let's join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this great opportunity to again gather together as the people of God. And Lord, uh, the psalmist also said in another place, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Even though the house of the Lord for us right now is outside, we just thank you for this beautiful day, Lord. May you receive our praises. May we exalt and lift up high the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And God's people said, Amen.
sing, blessed be the name of the Lord. Here we go. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. Blessed be the name every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We like to sing forever. The Bible says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his love endures. Amen.
just a little excited to be at church today? Woo! Man, you can be seated if you're sitting underneath our, our uh, awnings there. It's great to have you here. Great turnout today. Uh, I hear that uh, we have several people that are just sick, and so let's just take a moment and let's pray for them. Lord, we thank you, God, that we can turn to you in our moments of need, and that, God, you're an amazing God that steps into our life. And Jesus, we cry out to you this morning for our friends, for our brothers and sisters who are sick this morning, that, God, you would heal them in amazing ways. And, Lord, I pray you would restore their strength and energy to them. Uh, Lord, we just believe that you have great things in store. In Jesus' mighty name, and God's people said, Well, it's been an awesome week of ministry here at Hillside. I've gotten to spend time with a lot of you this week and different things that were going on. And uh, we've had moments of brokenness, we've had moments of celebration, we had a great time on Wednesday night, and I believe that God has something extra special for us today. How many of you want something extra special from Jesus today? Come on, it's going to be great, we're going to get into the Word in just a minute. But your first time here, you might be wondering, what is all this stuff up here? We've got this giant bathtub up here, what is this all about? Well, I believe there are some people that are going to make decisions for Jesus today, uh, and they're going to start a salvation experience, or maybe you're already in a salvation experience, a personal relationship with Christ. But the Bible says one of the first things we should do when we get saved is to get water baptized. It symbolizes what Jesus has already done in our life, that he's washed away the old, he's creating new within us, that we've got freedom from our sins, and we've decided to follow Jesus. So when we get water baptized, we submerge you underwater for just a moment. We don't hold you under. We don't see how long you can hold your breath. But we just, we, we wash you over with the water. And it's a symbol of what God has done. And it's a time of great celebration. So today might be your day. If you've never gotten water baptized, we would love for that to happen today at the end of our service. We'll give you some time. You might go, oh, I don't have anything to change into. I didn't bring a towel. We have clothes for you to change into for water baptism, multiple sizes, for both men and women, and we've got towels, there's no excuse. So if God lays that on your heart today, we'll give you an opportunity to get water baptized. Well, I'm excited to preach the word to you today. Uh, and this is a, something that I'm sharing with you. It's something that God has really spoken into my heart in the last few weeks. Uh, it was just this moment of, of just relief when it came to me, when I saw it in scripture. And this morning I felt like God said, I want you to release this to the people that are here today because I feel that this is the word they need. So I'm excited to share this with you. Before I get into our scripture today, I want your help. We're going to use to describe holy love, all really joy, redeemer, savior, all really good, all awesome ones. Some of the ones I was thinking of was encourager and glory and might and strength and peace and stability. I mean, all these great words that we would use to describe God. But in our, in our scripture today, 
we're going to find a word that is used to describe Jesus that I can guarantee nobody thought of this morning. And so let's get into our, our scripture today. It's John chapter 4, and we're looking at verses 1 through 8. This is a passage of scripture I have preached dozens of times in my ministry career. I love this story because it's the story about a woman who is empty and tired and exhausted and lost, and she's at this well with Jesus, and her life gets changed, transformed. She becomes a, a Christian on the spot. Her life is so dynamically changed by God that she actually goes back to her community, says, you've got to come meet Jesus, and she's the first evangelist in the Bible, and she wins her community to Christ. I love that story, but we're going to focus this morning not so much on her interaction, but the verses that set this up and describe to us where Jesus's mind, hearts, and emotions were going into this event. So let's look at John chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees, or sorry, now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. He came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. Did you catch the word that describes where Jesus is at in this passage? Did anybody catch it? He was tired. Tired. I don't think that's a word that we would typically use to describe Jesus. But remember this, Jesus was 100% God and 100% human. He walked in our shoes and every hardship, every experience that we go through, Jesus experienced it first. He endured it to understand it and to say, look, there is a way through the difficulties and challenges that you face in your life. He sets a terrific example. The scripture says he was tired from the journey. But I want to tell you, I don't think this journey is just talking about the distance they traveled that morning. I love the fact that the word of God was written by men, but inspired by the Holy Spirit. Everything that's in here, contextually, is for a purpose. And it specifically says that Jesus was tired from the journey. It does not say Jesus and the disciples, though they had walked the same distance that morning. It says that Jesus was tired from the journey. So, so what are we talking about here? We're seeing Jesus is, is at this point of, of tired, exhaustion. And we're not talking about the tired that's like, oh, I stayed up too late last night. We're not talking about the tired that just like, oh, if I just get a good nap this afternoon, I'll be okay. We're talking about a season of tiredness. Can you relate to a season of tiredness? What do I mean by that? Well, it just, in those seasons of tiredness, it seems like everything is a battle. It always seems like you're, you're striving to go uphill. It always seems like, like no matter what you do, the wind is against you no matter which direction you choose to go in. It's the moments and seasons in our life where we see, feel spiritually and emotionally tired, just not physically tired. So there's some questions that I want to ask you today. Question number one. The scripture, and I think it learned that the Pharisees had heard ministry. Everywhere he did life with his disciples, he came up against resistance. He came up against people who had a negative outlook on what he was trying to accomplish. He ran into people who were troublemakers, complainers, and joy suckers. I don't know if you've ever had a joy sucker in your life, but I, I relate it to if anybody's had a fish tank, there's these fish called placostomus, right? They got these big old rubber lips. You'll see them there like sucking on the glass of the tank, right? They look kind of like this. Yeah, make that face with me. Come on, I want to see. Okay, now listen, I don't want you to be a joy sucker, all right? I want you to be a joy giver in life, okay? But sometimes people are like those placostomus. Those, those fish go around and they, they suck up all the junk and the algae in your tank. They keep it all clean. I mean, they've just got some powerful lungs that suck in that water and take all that junk in. And a joy sucker kind of will come along and it'll attach it. The, this person will attach them to you. And they'll just, anytime you're with them, it's just like, 
And it's like you started off the morning with joy and now you're just like, I'm exhausted just being around this person. How many of you have ever been there? Come on, now I know there's no joy suckers here this morning. There's joy givers, right? Come on. But sometimes you're in that place where it just seems like, like maybe with Jesus, you've just run into resistance at every turn. Another thing that I think may have been the reason for Jesus being tired is that he was productive in ministry. People's lives were being touched and changed, and doing life and doing ministry is tiring sometimes. It can be exhausting sometimes. But let's switch it up this morning. Why are you in a season of tiredness? Because I know there are people here today that are. I know there's people watching online or people that are listening to my voice that you're in a season of tiredness. You're in that place where it's just, you just, it's emotionally draining, but you're trying. You put the good face on, but inside, I'm tired. You're tired. And you're just kind of wondering, man, when is this season going to end? So why are you tired this morning? Why are you in a season of tiredness? Maybe one of the reasons is because we're doing something different than Jesus did. Because there's a great example here. And and what I want to talk just for a moment about is how we perceive our value. Do we perceive our value on who we are in Christ? Or do we perceive our value by what we do for Christ? Because they're very different. They're very different. And I'm not trying to tell you to be lazy But I believe when we serve the king and our ministry to the king and to our community should be based on who we are, and that's why we serve well, versus trying to figure out, trying to serve well to say, this is who I am. They're very different. Look at the scripture here. The Pharisees were upset because Jesus was baptizing more than John. But the Bible says, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples who were doing the ministry. Jesus did not have to prove his worth because he was already worthy. He is God. He doesn't have to prove his worth. He is worthy. He is valued. He didn't have to perform a single miracle to establish his value. He was already valued. So we see Jesus not being tied up in that. And what's he do? He starts investing and developing people's gifts and talents and callings for them to do the work of the ministry. The Bible even says sometimes that he sat back and sent his disciples out to do ministry. But we tend to get our worth from what we do. And sometimes, for some here, it seems like we try to do it all or we try to be involved in it all. And maybe that's why you're tired, because you can't do it all. Personally, this is a hard lesson for me. I'm just going to be real with you. Up in, when I saw pastor, I asked you similar to this. Why should the church keep you another month? What have you done that establishes your value to the church, and why should we keep you here? Once or twice a month, I had that question over and over again. Are you doing enough? for you to have a place here at the table at our church. For nine years, I ran with that mentality. And I've always been one who likes to work hard because I believe God deserves our very best. But serving that way for nine years messed me up internally. And what I found was is that I was trying to find my value with what I did instead of who I am in Christ. Sometimes I feel like I have to have my hand in everything, be it every single thing, be in charge of everything that we do as a church, because if I don't, I feel like I'm failing as a pastor. I'm just being real. But this last year, God's begun to speak to me, and he said, look, I want you to tear down this altar Remember last week we talked about tearing down altars and our life false altars like Gideon did? Guess what was on my card? Because this is something God has been speaking to me for months. 
And last winter, God began to speak to me and say, look, I want you to start focusing on raising up leaders and raising up ministers to do the work of the ministry. And I'm going to start asking you to pull back from some things and say no to some things because this is going to help you in the long run. And I believe God said, look, this is the next few years of your ministry. Focus on this because it's going to be transformational for your community. It's going to be transformational for your church and it's going to be transformational for me inside internally. It's going to make me healthier and better. But I really struggle with it. Just a few weeks ago, there was some ministry, and, and I was praying about it, this opportunity for us to launch a new ministry. And, and, and the Lord said, hey, this is great. Thumbs up. Do it. But you cannot be a part of it. And I struggled so hard. I knew what God had said to me, but I still struggled in the moment to, to walk it out. And I'll be really honest with you. There are times in my life where I am obedient. I do what God tells me to do, but I still feel like a failure. And I want to tell you, that is a reality. You can do everything that God asks you to do. You can be obedient to the Lord, but still feel like a failure because you know what? Feelings can lie to us. So we've got to get engaged in a fight. We've got to say, hey, look, I've got to be engaged in a fight. And sometimes those fights are tiring. And this morning, maybe you can relate. My personal thing is where I'm struggling is in the area of ministry. But maybe it's for you, it's at your workplace where you're going and, and you're trying to find your value in what you do instead of who I am in Christ. And that shapes how I serve. We've got to put the, the carts and the pieces in the right order. Because when we don't, it messes up our life and it causes exhaustion. If you're there this morning, I can relate. And I want you to know, keep in the fights. Put the things in the right order. And when you feel like, I am being obedient to God, but you still feel like I'm failing, I don't do enough, I'm not there, I haven't arrived, you've got to get engaged in the fight and you've got to realize what the most important thing is being obedient to God's word. Being obedient to his presence and what he speaks to you. And God doesn't always say yes. Sometimes he says no. And we are to be obedient to him. Maybe we're tired because we're not being obedient. But Jesus saw the value in pouring into others and raising them up. And for just a moment here, I'm going to ask Mike Nichols if he would come and just stand here with me for just a moment. Using his gifts. I don't know where Mike is. There he is. Dedicated. He's going. He's charging up here. Mike, I have for you this morning a certificate that acknowledges your completion of the classes you have taken for ordination, for ordination in the Assemblies of God. And so uh, as a district and as a church, we want to say congratulations. And, and now it's going to be fun because you've got to go through the process of ordination, but I think you're going to go through that with no, no problem at all. And I'm super excited. Because in just, and really over the next year, we'll have gone from one, uh, one pastor with credentials, we'll have four people credentialed with the Assemblies of God at our church. That's amazing. That's a good thing. And that means that God has work for us all to do. We're going to be utilizing Mike and Nancy in some different ways. In fact, Mike is, is teaching on Wednesday night here at Hillside. So great opportunity for you to come out and hear him share as he teaches on Wednesday. God raised people up. It should be our heart as well. We get tired for a lot of different reasons. Question number two, what do we do when we are tired? When we're going through these seasons that, that and it's not like, hey, I just need to get away. And, and we need to do that from time to time. We do need to break away and take vacations and take, take half a day and, or take a weekend and just breathe. We need to do that. I'm all for that. But when we're in a season of tiredness, it's like, that's, that's just not, it's not enough, right? It's, we need that. It's good. We got to have that. But what do we do when we're in the season of tiredness and it's like we're doing that and we still feel exhausted and tired? Well, let's ask the right question. What did Jesus do? And the Bible tells us he went to the well. He got away by himself and he went to the well. It, this is not by accident because in biblical times, the wells were places of resource. The well is the place where the life-giving water was. The wells are deep. They go down into a reservoir or a spring, and the water is there. 
Wells are also a place of resource for human interaction. Wells were the social gathering places, places where relationships were made, established, grown. Usually, they would go out in the morning or the evening to collect water. And they'd go and, and they'd take their buckets and they're talking to everybody. They'd wait for their moment at the well. They'd, they'd lower a, a, a bucket down. They'd bring the water up. They'd put that water in their jugs to take it home. And they would walk home, but the water's heavy. So you don't want to do that in the heat of the day. So they came in the morning or the evening. But Jesus showed up not in the morning or in the evening. He shows up in the heat of the day. And I want to tell you, the resource, the life-giving water is always at the well. The well is the presence and the word of God, and it's always there. Whether it's hot or it's cool, the presence and the word of God is there for you. But sometimes you've got to lower the bucket and bring it up. The wells just don't spring up water normally, unless that you're, you were here on Friday, and let me tell you, water was springing up everywhere. With over four inches of rain in just a couple of hours, there was plenty of resource for everybody. But we've got to choose to go to the well. The other thing that the well represents is just not God and his presence in the word, but the well is a church. I love the fact that this well particularly is a generational well. It had been there for generations and generations and generations of people being able to go to this place, lower their bucket, and pull up the water that they need, the resource that they need in their life to survive. And isn't that the story of our church coming up on 100 years? For 100 years, God has called this campus to be a place of resource for our community. A place where you can hear and go as far as you want. Something real, something authentic. It's about coming, and because it's not, it's not about just coming and sitting. It's about coming and being a part of a community and allowing God to change and transform your life. It's not about coming to church. It's about engaging in a relationship with Jesus together. It's not about the building. It's about the people and their heart and being authentic with Jesus. Here we see, we stand together today, almost 100 years ago, this church was established as an Assemblies of God church. How cool is that? And now we stand here and look, our little church is a church of resource, just not for us, but for our community. A number of other pastors used us as a resource for materials today. We partner with great missionaries, two college pastors that resource out of our building for their offices. We do more for missions today than we ever have in the past, and we're just getting started where God wants to take us in missions. We've got resources for people, like Right Now Media, that we give away for free devotionals like the Purple Book and Grow Group classes where people can engage in relationships and talk about growing in their relationship. Come on, we're, God has been good to our church and we're just getting started where God is taking us. The final thing that I want to talk about today is tiredness is not weakness. And for some of you who feel tired, you're in the season of tiredness, I want to tell you something. Because you're tired does not mean you're weak or less than. Because Jesus was tired when he came to the well that morning. He was exhausted. But look at what happens. He engages in a relationship with a woman who is also tired, who is broken, who is lost. And he shared out of what he had in his tiredness. He shares what he's got. He laid it out. And this woman's life was changed and transformed when Jesus was tired. That same day, this woman gets so inspired by what she has experienced with a personal relationship with Jesus. She's an outcast in her community. But she goes back to her community and says, you've got to come experience Jesus. And wins her entire community to Christ. I'm going to tell you this. For Jesus being tired, that's a pretty good day of ministry. 
That's pretty good. If the tiredness did not hinder the work of God on that day, I want you to know something. If you're in a season of tiredness, it won't hinder, hinder what God wants to do in your life either. Sometimes when we're tired, we've got to push a little deeper. Because when we're tired, it is an opportunity to see the Spirit of God move through your life and do something great in you. Because sometimes when we feel like we got it all together and we're feeling good and we're pumped up and we're not tired at all, we rely all on us and none on God. But when you're tired and exhausted and you still are striving to see what God wants to do, you know what you do? You rely on him to do the heavy lifting. And you say, all I got to do is be obedient. And it opens the door for God to do greater things, amazing things. Worship team, if you'd come back. This morning, I want you to know God cares for you. And if you're tired, it does not hinder your value in the kingdom. It's a season. And the word says that there, there are seasons that we go through. Some of them are long. Some of them are short. And you might be in a season of tiredness this morning, but I want to be all who are weary. We've got to engage with heart. But if you're tired this morning and you trust in Jesus and you come to the well and you spend time in his presence and you listen for the word of God and you open up your Bibles and you read what God has for you and you don't do it just because, hey, I got a five minute devotional time, so I got to read five minutes of scripture. But you pull open your Bible to go, God, speak to me. Show me things you've never shown me before. Speak to me. God is faithful to meet you. He will not abandon you. This morning, if everyone would just close their eyes for a moment. I want to pray first for this. If you're here this morning and you're in a season of tiredness, don't be ashamed. God wants to do something great in you. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Just as a symbol to God to say, look, this is where I'm at, God. This speaks to me. I need, I need you when I'm tired. If that's you this morning, raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Hands going up all over the place this morning. God wants to pour into your life. Refreshing. Lord, this morning we come before you, and God, we realize that we're tired for a bunch of different reasons. Lord, if there's things in our life that we need to change, things in our heart, in our spirit, maybe, maybe it's the value thing this morning. Maybe we've been valuing our, 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 pres our, our personality all based on totally off of what we do instead of who we are in you. God, your people have value this morning. Love on them. Tell them that they're valued. It's not about what they do. It's about who they are. That our service might be dedicated to you because We've been changed by Christ. Lord, this morning, if, if we're here and, and we're in this season of tiredness and we just haven't gone to the well like we, we should, we haven't spent time with you like we should, we haven't been seeking your presence in our life like we should and we're tired, this morning, God, may we spend time in your presence at the well. May we be refreshed. And God, I pray this morning, if we felt like we're weak because we're tired, God, I pray that we would realize when we're tired, it is an opportunity to see the presence of God do great and mighty things in us and through us. This morning, if you're here and you want to you start a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask you, would you, again, just raise your hand to say, I want a relationship with God this morning. I'm so tired. Maybe the reason I'm tired is that I don't have Jesus in my life. If that's you this morning. Awesome. Let's pray. Jesus, I need a Savior in my life. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. I'm beat up. I've got this emptiness that I can't shake. What I need this morning is a Savior. Jesus, would you step into my life, change and transform me forever? 
Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, and that you rose again, and that, God, you have an amazing plan for my life. Save me and change me from the inside out. Change who I am, that I might be a child of God. If you prayed that prayer this morning, awesome. I'm so glad that you're here. We're about to go into a time of the word, or time of the word. We're going to go into a time of worship. But I want to give the opportunity this morning. Maybe you're here today, and, and, and maybe you've been here for a while, and you've been thinking, man, I would really like to get baptized, but I'm so afraid that I'd be the first person up here, wet in front of all these people. Dan, you're just a little intense. Well, you know what? God doesn't want us to be intimidated. And maybe you're going, but you know what, Pastor Eric, I've got, I've got issues and physical conditions. We've got some mighty men of God who will come up and they will assist you to get you in here. We've got a bucket, so if we can't put you under the water, we'll bring the water to you. But we've got some great people that would love to serve and celebrate with you. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're tired and exhausted, you need a refreshing you got to be willing to step out of, of the comfort zone and step into the well, into the presence of God. So if you're just sitting here and you're like, I want to do this, but I don't want to be the first one. Well, you know what? Your pastor will be the first one this morning because I need to be in the presence of God. I need to be refreshed. I'm not intimidated about getting wet this morning. So as we go back into worship, I'm about to jump in this thing and get soaking wet. As we go back into worship, if you would go, you know what? That's all I needed to push me to the next level. I'm ready to get water baptized. If you would come up, my wife will meet you up here. We've got other workers. They'll take you inside, get you set up with clothes and a towel. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to experience Christ. And if you're here this morning, you're still feeling tired, get ready. In fact, let's just stand to your feet if you're out here, because you know what? God wants to do some great things. Dave, could you come take this mic from me for a minute? And you know what? God's gonna do great things as we press into his presence this morning. He wants to refresh you. He wants you to come and get saturated in the well of life today in his presence as we worship together. So look, if you're out here this morning and you're like, I just, I don't want to be embarrassed. Look, the pastor has done it for you. God wants to touch your life today. Don't walk out of here the same way. If you want to get water baptized today, come on up here. Experience the well of God. Take a stand for his kingdom and experience everything God has for you. Mike, would you lead us in worship again? Oh, thank you, Lord. As we reflect on God's goodness and what, what Pastor preached on today and that invitation. So if you feel that knock on the door of your heart, please respond to Pastor and Pam today. And as I look out today, I, I can reflect upon the goodness of God. I see Diane Spiegler with us today. So good to see her. We know that God has touched your life. I see Ruth Radliff and uh, grandson Justin. Uh, Justin showed me this morning his prosthetic leg and how well he's doing. Justin, you want to wave? God bless you, man. We're going to reflect upon the goodness of God to us today. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness
Sunday, we're going to ask that God would set a fire in our hearts today. Amen? Let that be our prayer today. So set a fire. So set a fire now in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you. Now. I want more of you. Set a fire. So set a fire down in my soul. Be here in your love, here in your love. 
to introduce you to my friend Justin and uh, come on you can give it up now Justin knows what it's like to be tired I've been walking with Justin for a while and he's had some things that have been really difficult and challenging in his life um, but it's been awesome to watch him in this season the things that God's doing in his life he took you the long way around man um, but you had diabetes correct that was a big issue. You had to have your leg amputated. 30 surgeries. But I want to tell you something. I've seen God do something great in him. And Justin has, has struggled with drugs, but what did you tell me this morning, brother? I'm clean for a year. Come on. Yeah. Come Hallelujah. on. We've got some great men of God around you. Before we baptize you, Justin, we want to pray for you. Because the struggle is always real in life but you don't have to do it alone. There are great men here at our church that love you and care about you, and I want you to know, and what pales in comparison to that is the love of Jesus that he has in your life to give you the strength to endure and be strong, to stay clean, and to have the blessings of God in your life. Lord, we thank you for Justin, and God, the work that you have done in his life, I know it's been difficult, I know it's been challenging, but God, I believe you're raising up a man whose life will be changed and transformed. Just like that woman at a well, I believe today will be a remembrance that Justin will have. That you know what? He may have been tired. He may have been weak. But God did a work in and through his life. And we celebrate the fact that Jesus, this is one of your sons. And that God, you have great things in store for him. We pray an anointing over him to strengthen him. That he would be an overcomer in all things. And that God, he would grow in great accelerated ways in your kingdom, in your presence, in your word. We give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. Justin, are you ready to get baptized today? All right, brother, I'm just going to have you sit down and scoot forward, okay? Is I'm going to have you, I got, I got this here for just a Lord and Savior today. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These men are going to help you get out of the tank this morning. Church, I want to pray one more time for you. God is doing great and mighty things. Some things we've seen, some things are far behind the scenes, some things we may never know about until the day we get to heaven. But you know what? We're not a church of joy suckers. We're a church of joy givers. We need to be filled with God's presence. We need to be at the well because our community needs people who are joy givers. Our community needs to know there are people that are experiencing life in difficult times as we're facing in our, in our community and in our culture today. People need to know that there's joy in following Jesus. And you and I are being sent. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are the well that we can always run to. That, God, you never run dry. That, Lord, you are relevant today to this community. Lord, there were some who say, you know what? Church isn't relevant anymore. And you know what? 
they're, they're right about this. Religion isn't relevant, but a relationship with Jesus is more than relevant. Just like the well had been there for generations when Jesus was tired and came to the well. There is a well here in Ripon, and it is full of life because the people of God are spending time with the well of Jesus. Lord, I pray that your presence would do more. That, God, we would see greater things in the days ahead, in the weeks and the months ahead. That, God, as we continue to grow closer to you, there would be a fire released in your people to spread joy in our community. The joy found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. As we leave here today and go about our day and go into a busy week, God, I pray refreshing for your people. That they may find it in the presence of God. And God's people said... As you exit today, worship team, why don't you send them out? Let's go as we give thanks to the Lord as Aaron starts us out. you all. May you go in the mercy, grace, and peace of God and in his rest as you enjoy the Sabbath rest of God today.